This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Raiders released quarterback Derek Carr ahead of the deadline where $40 million of his contracts guaranteed. In 2021, Derek Carr midseason was an MVP candidate. I just love the beauty of him being a free and clear free agent. Like the opportunity to be courted, to make a decision based on where you think you can win right away, but also get compensated. Now he'll get a chance to find a team that matches, but also wants him to be on that team. I think this is great for Derek Carr. He deserves this opportunity, and he's a guy that's been much maligned in his career, but right now he's in demand, and that's a good thing because teams that are ready to win can win with Derek Carr. It's Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Canty, let's hear from Derek Carr's brother last night on the NFL Network on Total Access describing what the process is right now for Derek Carr and his visit with the New York Jets. Derek had a great trip. So he went there to to get a feel for how they work, you know, from the top down. And Mm -hmm. everyone he met, and we knew he would love Robert Sala. I've known Robert for a while. MJ knows Robert. He's fantastic. And they hit it off, and they... They would love to work together. But there's a lot of questions that have to be asked. You know, he has to, he has to find out how the inner workings of, obviously, the front office works. But then also, I think the most important thing for him as a veteran quarterback, what is it going to be like as an offensive play caller and a quarterback in that relationship? Todd Downing is there. He has a relationship with Todd. Nathaniel Hackett is also there. So how does all that work? And, yeah. and they had a good, a, a good chat. They, they talked about a lot of different things. And obviously the team is, is just in need of a quarterback and some stability there. They have a lot of good components. There's a lot of things that are very positive about the Jets. He had a great trip. So it's, it, it's honestly, it's, it's going to be a long process, though. There's, yeah. He really only has the Saints, the Raiders, and the Jets to kind of compare those three places. Right. And so he wants to do his due diligence and see as many places as he can. Canty, when you hear – I don't know why. Maybe it's just – trained and maybe it's just kind of um one of those situations where you've been at, been through it so many times with the organization when you hear david carr say yeah there's a lot of positive things about the jets you know that's like when i would say out on a date yeah we should do this again yeah yeah we should do this again <laughs> that's what it felt like right there that that felt like yeah there yeah there's a lot of positive he was not 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 quite trailing off but not too far from it you know, well, here's what I'll say. It's free agency, so we know what's going to happen. You're going to get courted. No player has a bad free agent visit, Carlin. That's not how this works, right? Your, your visit is going to be good. They're going to whine you and dine you and whisper sweet nothings in your ear, tell you everything that you want to hear. But ultimately, it comes down to do you feel like you can trust the people that are in charge within those organizations? And do you like the pieces that they've already put on the team? Now, I think with the two places that Derek Carr visited, the Saints and the Jets, those should be the two finalists, and he should make a decision between the two because both of those teams feel like they're just a quarterback away. When it comes to some of the other destinations that are in the mix, whether it's the Carolina Panthers or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think those teams are a little further away from contending for a championship than the Jets or the Saints. So to me, this is one of those situations – where you don't have to think long, because usually when you do think long, you think wrong. Derek Carr, make your best move, your next move, and sign with the Jets or the Saints and get this thing wrapped up before we get to the start of the new league year and true free agency. Well, you mentioned the Panthers. Here's Frank Reich, who has asked about potentially bringing in Derek Carr for a visit to Carolina. We asked you about quarterbacks uh, a couple few weeks ago. 
since that time, Derek Carr is available. Will you guys bring him in on a visit? You know, interesting question. You know, we're really literally sitting down with the guys today. For staff, first staff meeting will be tomorrow. But I've kind of met with guys individually saying, okay, here's what we're doing. First st- step one, let's evaluate our roster. You know, so we're really just starting that process. So step two, evaluate the free agents. You know, we, they, everybody got their list, okay? Um, step three, now, you know, going to the college guys. So that process has literally begun. So really not ready to address the specifics of that because we're really just beginning. You can't do that man, again. you could have cut, cut to that, man. Just say no. <laughs> no, we're not bringing well, them in. Anything other than yes is a no. I again, didn't need a minute worth of Frank Reich talking to know that they're not planning on bringing Derek Carr in for a visit. The, Are the, you planning on bringing Derek Carr in for a visit? Yes or no? Well, we've got a lot of things that we've got to do. No, the answer is no. The guy's a free agent ready to be signed right now, and you're talking about going through the proper process in evaluating the free agents? That's just telling us that the Carolina Panthers are not looking at Derek Carr. And if they're not in the Derek Carr business, Colin, they're probably not in the veteran quarterback market altogether. That was another answer that I could have gotten on a date. Are we going to go out again? Eh, let's play it by ear. Kind of a long-winded, let's play it by ear. That's basically <laughs> what that was. In other words, no. No, it's not happening. And so that's the case for the Carolina Panthers, like the one team that I can't understand why they wouldn't at least want to explore this would be Tampa, because I don't think Tampa is all that far off. Uh, and look, you can make things work within your cap. They've got a lot of playmakers on offense. If their offensive line is healthier this coming season, I think there would be a big difference. I think Derek Carr, because right now you're Kyle Trask in it. I don't think you're going to try to ride that one out. I mean, maybe you're going to end up bringing in a guy like Ryan Tannehill. That's not going to help you, but I help you nearly enough. But here's the point. When I'm car, I want to take my time, but I have to do it responsibly. And that means I'm not going to let it drag out right up until when the franchise tag deadline is over or when free agency begins. I need to get it done sooner rather than later so I know exactly what I'm going to be dealing with. And to his credit... One of the reasons that he wants to get it done by free agency is to recruit other guys to come to the situation. Now, I thought this was really interesting from Teddy Bruschi, and it speaks to your point. I think it's 100% true, and this tells you exactly what other analysts are thinking about when they talk about Derek Carr and the New York Jets. Here is Teddy Bruschi this morning uh, on Get Up. You get Derek Carr, you'll be good. I mean, you'll be good, but there's a big three in the AFC. I mean, and eventually, possibly think of, so the big three, you got Mahomes in Kansas City, you got Burrow in Cincinnati, and you've got Josh Allen in Buffalo. So through a playoff run, it is possible that you have to go through two of those teams. Two of those teams, if Mm -hmm. you even get to the playoffs. Can Derek Carr do that? Can Derek Carr take you through the promised land and beat those quarterbacks and those teams? Is that what you want? Or maybe you're a Jet fan. I mean, is all you want the playoffs? Is that all you want is to be competitive? And if that's what you want, go ahead and put all your chips in and go ahead and get Derek Carr. But if you want a chance to win a championship, because I believe this is what it's all about. I mean, I know the New York Jet fans aren't used to competing for championships on a yearly basis here, but you would think you would want that. And that is the answer if you get Aaron Rodgers. Well, look, no, I, I I actually thought he was agreeing when he said it. 
I thought he was saying that, yes, in fact, they could. Canty, with their defense and with the playmakers they have on offense, the Jets are not that far off. They, they, they can, can they beat Patrick Mahomes right now? No. No. But you don't know what's going to happen between now and next year's postseason. And this puts you in a much better position to do that. I'm telling you, on the Aaron Rodgers front, it's a massive mistake. It's a massive mistake if the Jets go down that road. There was a little bit of uh, breaking news or insight, if you will, from our Diana Rossini uh, just a few minutes ago. She tweeted out about this situation that, yeah, they're really interested in Carr, nothing but positive reviews, but they're waiting for Aaron Rodgers to emerge from the darkness, as she put it, and inform the Packers of his plans. The Jets are going to be speaking to Green Bay about a trade if the Packers are willing. This is a mistake. Aaron Rodgers is not the answer for the Jets. You don't know if he's going to show up at the uh, OTAs to get used to his new team. You don't know if he's going to play more than one year. You don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be somebody that's actually going to be a positive influence in that locker room at this point in his career. Where has he shown that winning is the most important thing to him right now? Yeah, I don't I don't know that the Aaron Rodgers tree is where the Jets should be barking up. I, I think they need to go after something with more certainty and they need to solidify their quarterback plans for twenty twenty three much earlier in the offseason calendar. The Aaron Rodgers of it all isn't gonna play out until, you know, months from now in terms of where it becomes palatable for the Packers to trade him based on the contract. So this is a situation where they've got to go with the bird in the hand versus chasing two in the bush. As much as Aaron Rodgers might fascinate you because this is the guy that's not removed from back-to-back MVPs, you have to be realistic in terms of where your team is and what Derek Carr represents, which is competent quarterback play. Carlin, do you realize that if the Jets scored league average in terms of scoring per game, which is 21, if the Jets scored 21 points in every game. You would talk about a situation, Carlin. <laughs> they would be 12 and 5 as opposed to 7 and 10. Yep. That's what the Jets would be. 12 and 5 versus 7 and 10. That, that's how their season fell apart because of uncertainty at the quarterback position. Their QB1 didn't start the regular season, didn't finish the regular season. And throughout 2022, they played Joe Flacco and they played Mike White. It was a disaster at quarterback. One thing that you can depend on with Derek Carr is that he's going to be in the lineup. He's showing up. And he's going to give you competent quarterback play. With the weapons that they have around him, Brees Hall coming back healthy, and with, uh, with your boy Garrett Wilson on the edge, in the offensive line getting back right, and a championship caliber defense, there's no reason to think that the Jets could not only get into the playoffs, but go on a deep playoff run. So when I start to look at the places that are the best fits for Derek Carr, it's the New York Jets, man. They have a championship caliber defense. And Carlin, you're talking about a defense last year that was top five in points and yards. A defense that has an all-pro player on every single level. Arguably the best interior lineman in football in Quinton Williams. Arguably the best inside linebacker in C.J. Mosley. Arguably the best corner in Sauce Gardner. 
Well, I mean, listen, a quarterback's best friend, an offense's best friend, is a defense that can steal you extra possessions and get your field position. Think about what the ask would be for Derek Carr if he was the quarterback for the Jets. It's a lot less than at a lot of other places. And that's why I think it's a great fit for him, but it's also a great fit for the organization in terms of what Carr is bringing from the leadership intangibles. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com. Canty, we turn our attention now to the teams whose stocks are headed up and whose stocks are headed down for the coming year. Because whenever you look at one season and how it plays out, there are always a couple of outliers, teams that had really good years, but you just don't quite know if it's going to be sustainable for them. We all know the teams that we feel like are going to be in the mix for the long term, but the teams that came up and had a big year out of nowhere, let's get into whose stock is up and whose stock is down. Canty, I'll start with a team that I love going into next year. You have heard me talk about it, and we haven't even hit free agency yet. I'm very curious to see it how, how it all plays out. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they are playing in an absolutely atrocious division. They have found their quarterback with Trevor Lawrence. They have taken major steps forward. If they could find a way to keep Evan Ingram, they'd be in a great position. I, I honestly think the Jaguars have a great chance to have their stock go up even further and to be legitimate Super Bowl contenders in the AFC, even with those other guys around. Lawrence is capable of taking that step into the Burrow-Allen realm. Not Mahomes yet, but certainly into the Burrow-Allen realm. Yeah, I think it's stock up for the Jags, too. They finally got an adult in the room with the head coach in Doug Peterson, who's going to be able to imprint a winning culture on this franchise. Not just the guys in the locker room, but throughout the entire franchise. How many times have we heard about the Jacksonville Jaguars not being well run, not necessarily having the best general manager situation with Trent Baalke being in charge? But Doug Peterson has changed all of that. And Trevor Lawrence is an extension of that in terms of being a catalyst for what we saw last year, but also what's to come down in Duval. So I, I love this. And here's the deal with Evan Ingram. Even if you do lose him, you are gaining another pass catcher in Calvin Ridley, a former first-round pick for the Atlanta Falcons who's coming back from suspension. You're adding him to Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. And Marvin Jones, you'll feel pretty damn good about what Trevor Lawrence has at his disposal to throw the ball to, and not to mention Travis Etienne as an 1,100-yard rusher as well. So stock up for the Jags in a big way. All right, stock down AFC. I'm looking at the Baltimore Ravens. This could get ugly. This could get bad. If they're going to end up into next year without Lamar Jackson, which I certainly believe they will, where are they going to be better? Where are they going to be better? They are worse all the way around. They didn't have enough weapons for him to work with to begin with. They were relying on him to be virtually everything offensively. They didn't run the football outside of him uh, nearly as well as they could have. And they also just didn't have good enough receivers for him. It was Mark Andrews and then everybody else, right? Yep. I mean, that's the way I would look at it. Defensively, they will stay in some games, but if you take Lamar Jackson off the Ravens, Canty, they're maybe a six-win team next year. Yeah, I don't feel good about the Ravens' situation. If they trade Lamar, what they're saying is, 
we're going into a multi-year rebuild and we're going to have to find a franchise quarterback over the next couple of seasons. So I don't feel great about that. And look at what's going on in the division. The Cincinnati Bengals ain't going nowhere. The Pittsburgh Steelers with Kenny Pickett as a rookie quarterback found a way to be on the right side of 500. Mike Tomlin still amazes me. How the hell is he <laughs> above 500 almost every other every year? And then the Cleveland Browns are going to be better because Deshaun Watson is going to be better. So where's your room for improvement or where's your margin for error? If you're Baltimore, it walks out of the door if you trade Lamar Jackson. And I think they're headed toward that path. Okay, Canty, let's go to the NFC. You go first. Stock up NFC 2024. Oh, man. 2023. I I, I, I got to say this, Carlin. I am all over the Chicago Bears. Stock mm. up. This is a team that's coming, and whether you think Justin Fields is the right guy or not, I think the general manager, Ryan Poles, is sold on him. They got the number one overall pick, which they most certainly will trade for a haul in this year's NFL draft and add multiple impact players in 2023. But also, they got a boatload of money to spend in free agency as well. Uh, I mean, again, $100 million in cap space. They can go out and do a lot of shopping. I think the first thing they should do is go get themselves a left tackle. And what do you know? There's a pretty damn good one that <laughs> played for the Kansas City Chiefs that's going to be available. So you can go out and get some protection for Justin Fields, a guy that more than doubled his QBR from his rookie year to year two. And if you look at his year two metrics and stack them up against what you saw from Jalen Hurts in year two, they look pretty damn close. I'm just going to say it that much. I like the Chicago Bears. They got a difference maker at quarterback, and they seem like they have a general manager that knows what the hell he's doing. And even if Orlando Brown stays in Kansas City, I'll give you another guy. How about Mike McGlinchey? Ooh. Mike McGlinchey. Listen, they're going to land a big-time offensive lineman. I'm with you. Stock up there. I'm going to go to the obvious answer, though, here. The Detroit Lions. It continues to rise, okay. right? They We saw it happen once they got to the point where they figured out how to win some of those brutally close games. I, I do expect the Lions to take a step forward and a significant one at that. Lions are going to win the division next year. Okay, right? well, if they're, ta- if they're taking a step forward, who's taking a step back? That would be the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. We are taking a step back with the Minnesota Vikings. That's where I was headed next. L- let's call it what it was. The Vikings were not a 13-win team this year. They -hmm. were a 13-win team that got very fortunate in very close games, and it was an aberration. They were more like a team that should have won 9 or 10 games, I think, where their talent is concerned. Justin Jefferson's great. Kirk Cousins is okay. Thielen, yeah, all right. But to me, they are a team that will take a step back because defensively, I don't see how you could possibly feel good about where they are. Yeah, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're the oldest team in the National Football League. They have the least amount of cap space, and they got a head coach that I don't trust. The trifecta, Carlin. (laughs) Definitely taking a step back. They're not going to sniff the playoffs, even in a division as bad as the NFC South. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. We've only touched on the NBA a little bit, but on the horizon – There is a prospect that is being compared to LeBron James. Not necessarily in his game, but in the hype that is around him. We're going to talk about that and hear from one of our NBA experts next. Is Victor Webanyama going to be the best player in the NBA? We'll discuss in a moment. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. 
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Little bit of breaking news out of the NBA, Canty. Just moments ago, mm. we got our guy Nate McMillan has been, quote, dismissed by the Atlanta Hawks. Late McMillan dismissed by the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks right now are sitting at the eighth seed in the East. Uh, barely, you know, they're in the playoffs by about two, two and a half games in front of the Bulls, three games in front of the Bulls. Uh, in, at least in the play-in at the moment, but they are well out of the top six seeds right now. And so Nate McMillan gone at 29 and 30. Wow. I mean, the Hawks change head coaches as often as they change jerseys. They really do. I mean, it wasn't that long when we were talking about Lloyd Pierce being dismissed in the middle of the season for one Nate McMillan. Like, is there uh, is, is there wild. a coach left in the league who has not coached the Atlanta Hawks? That 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 is the better question. <laughs> like, that yeah. may be one of the great all time jobs to have, and many people have had it. Ex Atlanta Hawks coach, because you know they're getting paid, and you know. That, but here's the thing, though: they've had some good coaches. I know. Mike Budenholzer, Coach Bud, was the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks once about a time. Yes, and and when he ended up in Milwaukee, why did he end up there? Because I wasn't sure that the Hawks wanted to keep him long term, which was silly. Wild. I mean, think Wild. about that. Who's who's next? I swear to God, Mike Dunleavy's going to pop up here sooner or later. Yeah, he's Mike, absolutely. Our guy pop Mike up. Woodson was coaching the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> I mean, you're right. It, it, that's the better question. Name the coaches that have not coached the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> Dear God, Terry Stotts is on this list, for goodness sake. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, were presented by Progressive Insurance. This was a very, very interesting comment from Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider, when talking about uh, the situation with Victor Webanyama, who is uh, supposed to be the number one overall pick in this upcoming draft. Guys, I don't have it on my screen, so if you have the sound from uh, my uh, from Brian Windhorst, by all means, 
play it right now as he talks about why Webanyama is the best prospect since LeBron James. When I compare him to LeBron 20 years ago, LeBron didn't want for anything when he was 18 years old, okay? He had trainers, he had weight training, he had good coaching, but it doesn't compare to what's going on with Wembenyama. They have constructed this entire year in France to get him ready for the NBA. The entire team that he plays on in France was stocked with a roster with the sole purpose to get Victor ready. They signed point guards who were in the NBA last year who could work with him on the way NBA does pick and rolls. They signed a whole bunch of young players so that they could have more energetic practices. He has a physical therapist that works on him two hours a day. He is totally on a different routine getting ready for the NBA. And already over in Europe, the teams that are playing against him have abandoned putting centers on him. They now just put their strongest forward on him and say, go body him. Well, guess what? At age 19 in a man's league in France, he's averaging 22 points a game leading the league. 10 rebounds a game, leading the league. Three blocks a game, leading the league. And I believe he is as big, as young, and as skilled as anybody we've ever seen in the modern era in the NBA. Seven foot five in shoes, Canty, and has the game all around. It's not post up. He can shoot it. He can do a lot of different things. And teams have been planning for this for years. Teams have been dying for this for years. The Houston Rockets are begging to come up with that number one pick. The Detroit Pistons are begging to come up with that number one pick. The Spurs are doing everything they can. (laughs) I mean, actively trying to do everything they can. Canty, it is tough to hear LeBron James in this comparison, not in terms of the games, but as far as being the biggest prospect since then. I get it. But why am I going to be skeptical here as I am? Because LeBron James is the second greatest player to ever lace him up. And some say he's the best, even better than Michael Jordan. Those are big shoes to fill, right? I mean, we said that once upon a time about LeBron James being the chosen one and being the guy that was, you know, going to dethrone the GOAT Michael Jordan as the greatest basketball player of all time. And in my eyes, he hadn't done it. But Carlin, he came damn close. And he's still going. So if Victor Webanyama has the skill set that everybody is talking about in the sports character to match, then there's no reason to think that this kid won't take the NBA by storm. I, I get what you're concerned with, the body type, and not seeing a lot of guys with that frame have top-end success in the NBA. But it wasn't that long ago when we were concerned with the body types of guys like Dirk Nowitzki who came from the Euro Leagues, guys like Kevin Durant, who's 6'11", 7 feet tall, that handled the ball on the perimeter. And those guys seem to find their way, find their game, and adjust to playing in the NBA. And so I just think it's just a matter of time with the team that Webinyama has been surrounded with before this guy ends up being a dominant force in all NBA caliber player in his pro basketball career. Well, look, the league is back to being a big man league. It's just different than it used to be because you're a lot more skilled with the big men that are playing right now. Yep. But my problem is not just the history of injuries with big men in general. It's with Webb and Yama too. I mean, this is a guy that since December of 2020 has had four different injuries at 17 and 18 years old. Went through a muscle problem that went from his back to his knee. That's something that can eventually lead to lower back problems. Had a shoulder bruise, missed two months. Broke a finger, missed a month. 
broke a leg, missed three months. Uh, you know, only played, he missed like 40 games last year because of the playoffs. Like, it's not just the size of the player. It's the fact that he has already dealt with some of them. Broken fingers fluky. I, I get sure. that. Okay? But we also know the guys who are just prone. And so I'm not saying don't draft him. Okay? You have you no choice. Deny if, you have, if you have the opportunity to draft Webanyama, you have no choice. You well, have to draft do you? Him. Do you really have no choice? You have no choice. Well, here's what I would say. If somebody is out there that is willing to empty out their organization to get him, in other words, are we talking about a – we'd have to be talking about a Durant-type deal, right? A four or five first-round pick situation, the pick swaps, all that crap, and one or two really, really good players. Because that's how highly regarded Victor Webanyama has been. If that's the case, Canty, then if I'm one of those teams, i got to think about that. Oh, you're not thinking about that because if the guy is as good as LeBron James, there's no amount of picks, pick swaps, or players that's worth what they bring to your organization from a value standpoint, but also from a winning standpoint. You you need that one player that can change the fortunes of your franchise to turn you into a perennial bottom from a perennial bottom dweller into a team that becomes a destination that players are clamoring to get to, and that's what LeBron James essentially did. And that's what Victor Webanyama has the potential to do. So I can't forego that opportunity and take a safe bet if I'm one of these teams like the San Antonio Spurs or the Detroit Pistons or the Houston Rockets. You got to swing and swing big, especially if the ping pong balls go your way. There's no chance that you're passing on Webby just because we have not passing seen on him. him. Well, yeah. you, you would be passing on him. You'd be passing on him in, in order to – you know, bring back a more proven or more proven commodities. No chance. It would have to be a franchise-altering type deal. But I, I simply, before we finish this discussion, I simply would ask you this. Zion Williamson. Yeah, how, do, how do the Hornets feel right now about how things have gone with Zion Williamson? Not great. Yeah. Do you think the, if they the, had the it Pelicans, to do... The you mean? You mean the Pelicans. Or the Pelicans, excuse yeah. me, yes. Uh, do you think if the Pelicans had it to do over again and somebody had offered them that kind of a deal, which I don't know if anybody did or didn't, but there certainly was more than enough hype around them that you wouldn't be surprised if they did, would they have done that? Well, hindsight is twenty twenty. but I would ask you, if Zion wasn't a part of the New Orleans Pelicans, would C.J. McCullen would have wanted to be traded there? I don't Probably know not. That. Probably not. I don't not. know that. And, and that's the point. When you have one of those guys in the building – he becomes a magnet for other dudes that can play at a really high level. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. The curious case of Eric Bieniemy. That's next on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'm still trying to figure out why this is a good move for Eric Bieniemy to go to the Washington Commanders. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Look, I, I understand what the knock is here, that somehow Andy Reid is making all the calls offensively, and Eric Bieniemy is just offensive coordinator in name only, and you know there must be a reason he's not getting the jobs that he has when he's interviewed for all these head coaching jobs. This does not in my estimation, put him in a, a, a situation to succeed, Canty. This has been a bad offensive team for a long time. We have no idea who their quarterback is going to be this coming year. They were 30th in the league, and you might say, well, they can only go up, right? Yeah. But the problem is, for Eric Bieniemy, well, we know he shouldn't have to do this, but does it really help him? Do you think this helps him in his quest to become a head coach? Well, I don't know if it can hurt him because he hadn't been able to become a head coach after leading the most prolific offense for the last five years, not to mention having a quarterback that's won two MVPs and two Super Bowl titles during that span. So, you know, if he continues to do the same thing, is he going to get closer to being a head coach? Is he going to get his just due? Is he going to get the acknowledgement and the credit that he deserves outside of the Kansas City Chiefs training facility? Probably not. And so I can understand why he made this move. You go to a franchise that's in flux, a franchise that's led by a defensive-minded head coach in Ron Rivera, and a franchise that has a black team president. So maybe there's an opportunity for him to elevate to the head coaching spot, potential wink and nod agreement that could be in place. I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole with speculation, but there have got to be things that are in place, assurances behind the scenes, for Eric Bieniemy in terms of upward mobility. That's the only thing that will make this make sense, Carlin, because on its face, I'm with you. It's a hard sell because you don't know who your quarterback is going to be. You probably know who it's not going to be in Carson Wentz, but you don't know whether it's Taylor Heineke, Sam Howell, are you going to go the route of the draft? But this is a franchise that has been marred with really bad play on the offensive side of the ball, Carlin. Now, I got this from John Kime, who covers the team. And this is crazy. I couldn't believe it when I saw this. The commanders have averaged 20 or more points per game only five times since 2000. Since 2000. They're 28. Two years? Exactly. They're They're 28 in points per game in that span. And they've averaged fewer than 18 points per game 12 times. Wow. It is absolutely atrocious what they've been doing on the offensive side of the ball. Outside of a couple of RG3 years, that offense has been putrid. So when you look at the potential impact that enemy could have on not only developing the next franchise quarterback, but making that offense go and helping to elevate that team in the NFC East, I think there's a ton of upside. And when you look at the downside, 
I, I don't know if it's as bad as a lot of people are saying because he wasn't getting a head coaching job staying in Kansas City. So I don't agree with him having to go this route because his predecessors, the former offensive coordinators in Kansas City, didn't have to do that. Doug but, Peterson didn't have to do that. Matt Nagy didn't have to do that. And, Carlin, that's not the only isolated place. You look at the Los Angeles Rams under Sean McVay, who was an offensive-minded head coach. Zach Taylor didn't have to do that, his former O.C., Matt LaFleur didn't have to do that, his former offensive assistant. Why does Eric Bieniemy have to do something in terms of going a lateral move that those other offensive coordinators weren't asked to do? Well, but here's, here's what I worry about from him. The quarterback, as I mentioned, don't know who it is. Don't know who the owner is. The owner may be brand new after this year. We would expect it to be. And you don't know what he's going to want. And you have Ron Rivera who was in a very dicey position. They, they got to win. Like you, There was plenty of talk about him being fired at the end of this year. We yep. definitely thought that could happen. It didn't, and they made other changes. That's why I look at it. It doesn't feel like you want to go somewhere else to try to prove it because you're not getting that. Okay. I just don't think this was the ideal place for him to try to do that because there are too many variables out of his control. Nobody's going to say that the Washington Commanders is ideal. Matter of fact, ideal and commanders don't belong in the same sentence. <laughs> it's not ideal. But ideal and Washington go, don't belong can, in the same sentence. If you sentence. can go and make the most of a bad situation, that potentially looks favorable upon you in terms of positioning yourself to be a head man in the future. Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, speaking of the future, where's Lamar Jackson going? Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.